Welcome to The Real Zodiac, a film retrospective podcast dedicated to reminding or introducing you to some of the most iconic films of all time, stirring up memories of ones you forgot or wish you could forget, and every film in between. Your hosts will be your tour guides and sometimes companions along this journey down the rabbit hole. Be warned, though, there will be blood, guts, more than a few bullet casings, love, despair, tears of joy, and cries of agony. Some from the hosts themselves, because some of these movies will make them wonder why did they choose these movies. Good luck, oh, and of course, enjoy the ride. Security system, Karen. Mom, you need help. Evil is real. There's a reason we're supposed to be afraid of this life. I've been preparing for this for a long time. It is not safe to be on the street tonight. Go home! Get out of here! Get inside! Michael! He's here. Welcome to Real Zodiac, and we are hitting the spooky season. Ooh. So we are bringing you a spooky one tonight, Halloween from 2018. And with me, as always, would be uh, the Lori to my Karen. <laughs> Great, <to> Karen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thank you, Amanda. Thank you. <laughs> and we are also joined by Sean Vernon. Do you want to be Allison? Uh, or do you want to be Michael? That works. 
I mean, I think with all the tattoos, I should be Michael, but... <laughs> Got that rough edge to you. Uh, but yeah, we're covering, uh, I guess, not not too long ago, but it's uh, it's been a uh, Halloween. These movies have been around forever and in many different versions and iterations and whatnot. So my question is, uh, I'm curious about y'all's histories. So, uh, Sean, what's your Halloween history? Um, well, I started watching horror movies from the people that want to listen to the show early on when I was on with Quentin. You guys know I started watching horror movies when I was young. Um, Halloween, I think I saw for the first time the original 1978 version when I was seven or eight, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, then there's now there's like multiple storylines because you have Halloween, Halloween two, Halloween four, Halloween five and Halloween six. Then you have H2O, which ignores everything but the first two. And then you have <laughs> 2018, which ignores everything but the first one. So it depends on which timeline we're going with. Um, I know we're doing the 2018 version, so I guess we can ignore all the ones with the supernatural and th- that um, Jamie Lee Curtis is not his sister because mm-hmm. they've touched on that one. But as far as history, I mean, I've seen every movie and including all the Rob Zombie, including the two Rob Zombie films. But the original one I saw I was probably like seven or eight. And then this one I actually did see in theaters and when it came out in 2018. Okay. Nice. Nice. What about you, Quentin? Yeah. I, uh, (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I might've said this before, but my first Halloween film was the Rob zombie remake. And I believe that came out in what? 2007. In August? Yeah, I think so. That seems about I think right. It was all, I think it was 2007, I believe. Yeah. So, the Quentin back in 2007 was very different than the Quentin of today's day and age. Because I used to be deathly afraid of horror films. I used to hate them. Like, horribly. And I mentioned that to you, Sean, on our, on our show when we did it. Um, so, me dealing with any type of horror was not in my future. Um, but I had a best friend and he and his dad are big Halloween nuts. And they're like, well, we're going to go see Halloween. And I was like, what? You know, like I'm sitting there like, I can't believe it, but I can't just stay home because you're like, and I couldn't go home because, you know, I, I didn't, I wanted to be a good sport. Well, that ruined me for a very long time. I never sat in a theater and like had my eyes and ears closed through an entire film ever. And it still scarred me. So fast forward to, you know, a couple years ago, I sat and watched the first Halloween from 78. And I was like, wow, this is really good. And then my buddy and I ended up watching all of them because he is a huge Michael Myers fan. Like I'm talking, he, he gets his masks from a, from one guy who like will buy, um, sculpted like $20 masks and turn them into, the quality mass that you see in the film. And it's, I mean, you're talking like 300, $400 masks. So, um, he's, yeah, he was a big nut when it came to Halloween. And, uh, he showed me the films and we, I saw this one, 
after revisiting Halloween and Halloween 2, the Rob Zombie remakes, and I really enjoyed those. Um, but seeing the, the one that we're talking about today, I was blown away. I thought it was great, and it was good because, as you said, Sean, this kind of reversed history to only having to watch the first one and then this one, which I do have a problem with it just being called Halloween because... They could have called it anything else, you know? <laughs> and, of course, we are very aware that Halloween Kills will be coming out, so we're hopefully going to be able to do a bonus episode with Sean and another guest as well. And, uh, well, of course, and Amanda. Don't don't get that wrong. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm really excited to kind of revisit this one with kind of fresh eyes, and we'll go from there. But what about you, Amanda? Um, yeah, I was kind of about, uh, like you, Sean, about the same age when I watched the old school Halloween movie and then just me and friends, we'd, cause I think they'd show them on TV around, you know, starting around, I would say around this time of year with big finger quotes, but we'd sit there and watch them, uh, over the phone if we couldn't go to each other's houses where we'd just sit on the phone and watch the movie on TBS or whatever network it was, but yeah, totally loved the Halloween movie, which yeah, shouldn't have been watching it at that age, but you know, I'm a Gen Xer, so that's just how that goes. Um, <laughs> but after that, you know, did go through and watch all of the other ones and not going to lie. This is total blasphemy, but um, I loved Halloween H2O. <laughs> Uh, Josh Hartnett was in it, so yeah, that was a sucker. So, and, interesting touch on that. I, mm-hmm. uh, my convention I go to, um, a couple weeks ago, I actually met Chris Durand, who is Michael Myers in H2O. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. He's <laughs> also, uh, he was also Ghostface in Scream 2, but it's funny you said H2O, because I actually just met him, and then, um, in a couple weeks, actually the weekend that Halloween kills comes out, I'm going to another convention and James Jude Courtney's going to be there. Who's Michael oh, Myers wow. in Halloween and Halloween kills. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. And I was a fan of resurrection and I have not watched the Rob zombie ones. I don't know why I just haven't. Really? It's not that I was against them or anything, but I'm not really sure why. I mean, I like his, I love his other films, so I, I really don't know why. It just didn't pan out that way. And then all of a sudden there was like a sequel and then there was a break and then I was like, oh, Halloween's done. Then it's not done. But this film today, um, I actually had a friend client of mine that invited me to go watch, to go watch this Halloween back in 2018 and we got seats and they were like numbered and they were numbered 13 and 14. And she's like, here, she's like, I think you'd appreciate this, but I'll give you, I'll give you seat number 13. So <laughs> I love my friend understanding kind of like my morbid uh, lifestyle in ways. So I got to sit in the 13th seat in the theater, which kind of made me happy. That's a good friend. Yes. Yeah. And so, <laughs> Um, yeah, Halloween Kills is coming out here in a few weeks, and it looks like next year they're doing Halloween Ends. Yeah, really interested to see how they cancel a holiday, but we'll get there when we get there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, my only issue with that is, is that now that we know this is part of a trilogy, mm-hmm. they're going to have to do something insane to, to end this movie. Like, you're going to have to kill off, like, one of the major characters. Like, you're not going to kill off Jamie Lee Curtis, but you're going to have to, like, kill off her daughter or something. Because you know Michael's not going to die because you've already told us there's another movie coming out. Like, so. Right. Well, they could you... kill Jamie Lee Curtis, you know? That's not off the table. I uh, I think there's possibly a rumor of an interview that she had that she said that her character definitely does not continue later on. But I would, not meaning that she's dead, but she might not be in the third movie. I would be okay with that, personally, because before H2O, I think it was before H2O, maybe after H2O, she made comments where she's like, you know, she regretted doing the Halloween movies and she wished she had never done them. And I'm like, if that's the case, then why do you keep coming back and milking the franchise? Like, if you, <laughs> if you really regret it, like, cause she's like, well, I only did it because my mom, cause her mom was Janet Lee, who was in Psycho. And, and I'm like, well, if you really regret it that much, then why do you keep, and then she did the, the TV show on, on Fox. Mm-hmm. Queens. Queens. Yeah. yeah. Like, yep. like if you really regret it and you don't like the genre, then why do you keep coming back to it? Like, it just annoys me. I'm sorry. No, it's <laughs> no, just I press. Totally, you know totally how understand. it is. That's true. 100% true. And who knows how they edit that or what they're actually asking her or what she's actually saying. So mm-hmm. we don't know. That's true. And, yeah. I mean, let's get into this. And I'm, did you guys both watch this one in the theaters when it came out a couple years ago? Oh, yeah. Three years ago now? <laughs> yeah, three Yeah, three years ago now, yeah. Oh, wow. I remember when Halloween Kills, because uh, it was supposed to come out last year, and then, you know, it got pushed back a whole year. And everybody was either pissed or they understood. I mean, I understood because you can't have this this Halloween film coming out you know, in January or in May, like it has to be around Halloween. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that they wanted to take the right precautions, but um, I know this isn't a Halloween kills, you know, retrospective or anything, but like, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's good to say that like, for me, I'm this, this film hyped me up enough to be excited for Halloween kills. How do you, what about you guys? Yeah. I mean, I've dedicated so many hours to Halloween and I need to watch the zombie ones and I'm good to go with watching this trilogy because even though I still love the original way better than this, and I know that's just a weird comparison and I like some of the other, um, some of the other ones, I think, is it four or five that I kind of really liked? Um, this was still a good comeback to it, to bring it back to where it still kind of had bits of the original feel. A little more gory, which I think that's just the difference you get from, you know, the 70s to now. You can have a little bit more of that. But I'll be watching the new one. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. And the new trilogy, like, I mean, I like this one. I like the the callbacks they have. A lot of people freaked out with the trailer for Halloween Kills with the masks from Halloween 3. But those kids are actually in this movie in the 2018 version. Right. I don't I know. That. I don't know if people just freaked out because like he kills kids or it seems like he kills the kids <laughs> and 
And this is the, <laughs> this is the first time that's happened where he's actually killed a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I just, I just get annoyed when we start getting into horror movies and it's like, you just, you get all these different timelines, you know, I mean, like, cause like I said, you have the one timeline that follows one, two, and then four through six. Then you have the timeline that follows H2O. Then and you resurrection. Have, yeah, yeah. And resurrection. And then you have the time, then you have Rob Zombie's timeline, which is a complete offshoot. And then you have this one, which is another offshoot. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, if I'm introducing like my kids, we just started, they just started watching the child's play movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, well, how do I watch it? Do I watch Halloween and then Halloween and then Halloween kills or do I watch Halloween or do I watch it how I watched it growing up? You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, it's just <laughs> hard to follow all the timelines. I mean, I'm excited. And like you said, I, I, they up the gore, which I think is just part of present day. I mean, that's the way horror movies have been going in the last 15 years, 20 years, especially with Eli Roth and mm-hmm. all that. And I mean, the kills are more insane. And now they're saying the kills in this one are even more insane. Um, I want a good question for you guys. How do you feel about the movie coming out simultaneously on TikTok as well as the theaters, which they just announced, I think, last week. Wait, what? Peacock. Or Peacock, I'm sorry, not TikTok. <laughs> I was like, uh, I yeah, was like how is that going to yeah. happen? Yeah, uh, sit there and like, like, oh. Yeah, Two-minute like two minute, two episodes? No, uh, P- <laughs> yes, thank you, Quentin. Yeah, it's coming out on Peacock as well as the theaters simultaneously. Uh, I think that's just I hate to say it, but I, that's just where we have, are ending up now. But I don't know. It's just more fun to watch it in the theater for something like that that's new and fresh. I mean, you don't go to – I mean, obviously, it's not going to be in 3D, and I don't know how different an IMAX experience is. But there's just something nostalgic about watching a horror movie just like in a little theater or even at like a drive-in or something like that, that just when it's new and fresh versus, you know, sitting on your couch and watching it. Yeah. I, I have to agree, but in the same sense, I'm not trying to, I not trying to like dissuade, dissuade. Is that a word? Dissuade. Dissuade. What the hell was (laughs) I trying to say? Anyway, I'm not trying to dissuade from that, but like, it's good for some people who just, can't get out, you know, like some mm-hmm. theaters are still closed and uh, they're trying to reach that audience. It's just the only infuriating thing is we look at the box office and like, it looks like our films or the films are just not doing well. Um, but we don't know the specific downloads and such when it comes to a streaming service, mm-hmm. like Suicide Squad and Cruella or Jungle Cruise, all these movies that came out simultaneously with Disney Plus or HBO Max, it's just, it's hard to tell. So, I don't know. That's the only reason that uh, it, it aggravates me. But in the same sense, what am, you know, who am I to judge those who would rather put their safety before entertainment? So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of torn, but I, I want whoever sees it to be as safe as possible, whether you stay at home or go to the theaters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to the yeah. theaters because... The one thing I loved about this film 
was the score and just how updated it was, but it still had that, you know, 78 score, but man, when the beat dropped or like the bass, you know, whatever, it just, it sounded so good with the kills and just like, uh, it, it just, it, it was awesome. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that aspect of seeing a film for like the, the experience and just the, the way a film can, can just drive you. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate. <laughs> I think I still like the theater for, like, big productions, like Marvel films and stuff like that. But I think with, like, horror movies, because if you go to a Marvel film, you know you're getting an audience that's, like, entranced in that film. You know what I mean? If you go opening night to a Marvel film, you know who's there with you. If you go to a horror movie, you got these people that are talking, out, don't go in the room, don't open the door. Like, that just, for me, it just takes me out of the film. So I think for, like, horror movies in particular, unless you get the right crowd or you wait, like, several weeks to go when there's nobody in the theater, like, I like the idea of being able to stream it at home. And then I don't have people, like, walking in front of me, and I don't have people bringing their kids to a movie they shouldn't be bringing their kids to. I remember when Texas Chainsaw came out, the remake came out. I was in the theater, and this lady brought her, like, six-year-old son, and literally the the entire movie, the kid is talking, and then halfway through the movie, she gets up and, like, this movie is horrible. Duh, 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 duh. Like had to announce it to the whole theater, like that this movie was horrible, and like it's and she can't believe that she brought her kid to this. Like first of all, lady, you brought what? your kid, like to an <laughs> R-rated horror film. Like what are you talking about? It has massacre in the name? Uh, exactly. And but like, how do you just not know that just general? Uh-huh. I don't. <laughs> I, don't know I, I got no. I got no idea. But, like, to me, I think, like, I agree with with both of you on the theater experience. But I think, like, for horror movies, I think either streaming or I think, Amanda, like, you made a good point, like a drive-in. I think a drive-in would be a perfect idea if you have one local because you're self-contained within your car and you don't have to worry about, like, what are other people doing? Are people talking? Are people going to be trying to talk to the movie? We went to go see, I remember me and my buddy went to go see House of the Dead when that came out. And that was probably 25 years, 20 years ago, probably not 25 years ago, probably 15 years ago. Cause I was like in my late teens, early twenties when I came out. And this lady was sitting in a row behind us and literally the entire time she's literally talking to the movie like they can hear her. And I'm just like, shut up that's please. so weird like the whole movie she's like don't open that door don't open that door don't go in there don't go in there and i'm like lady they cannot hear you it's a movie this isn't a stage production oh and yeah don't do that during the stage production either yeah please, <laughs> i agree, no, I agree. But, my, but, my, but, but my point is you know what i mean like it, it's even it's even less convenient like it's a screen they cannot hear you oh man like have you ever seen have you guys seen i'm sure you have you seen scary movie oh yeah <laughs> remember the scene where they're in the movie theater and she's literally like yelling at the screen that yeah. was literally this lady oh man and that was funny in that movie but yeah. it was making fun of situations like that, that people should not be doing those things. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, for me, like, 
personally with like horror movies, like I love the fact that it, it supports the box office because it's going to mean that mm-hmm. we get more we we get more horror films. But I think as long as it does well, even streaming or through home entertainment, we're still going to get those things. Now, if it is going to hurt the actors, like for instance Black Widow, then I get the whole thing. Like with Black Widow and everything, with and that's a whole other thing for a different episode. I'm sure you guys. <laughs> so I won't get into that. But like, as long as the actors are going to be compensated rightfully, and it's going to continue to give us good horror, then I'm okay with it streaming at home. Right. And not gonna lie, I like the option of having it available at home, especially when it comes to podcasting, because. Yeah, I'll go to the movie theater and watch it, but I also like having it playing in the background or being a, being able to have a second viewing at home to where I can like pause it and pay attention to other details and stuff like that. So you're right. You're I'm not right. Exactly. Catch twenty two exactly. or not, but and that's I what like, I was say. That's another yeah. thing is like being able to like take notes or you know take things like where did I see that right? Rewind it and especially for podcasts and you guys do it all the time me only doing it every once in a while now, but like being able to stop it and pause it and rewind it. Did I take that in? Right. Is that how that did that really happen that way? You can throw the captions on and be like, Oh, that's what they said. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Versus picking a random afternoon day to sit in the very back of the theater. So you're not bothering anyone with a notebook or Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. And hoping Uh, and hoping that nobody's in there talking. Yep. <laughs> so very true. But yeah, so this this film, it's uh yeah, like I said, it's a we talked about it. It's a retcons basically everything except the very first movie. Um which I didn't know how I felt about that going into it, honestly, because there were so many different versions. I was kinda like you know what? There's like forty five versions of, you know, Halloween movies out there, so okay, fine, let's retcon some. <laughs> It, it doesn't make a difference to me either way, but I guess it, quote unquote, makes the story flow better. But they almost didn't really need to do that because we talked about the fact that um, they were brother and sister. And they even used a line in this movie where like, oh, no, no, that's just like something people made up. That's not really true. So whether it needed to happen or not, I'm fine with it either way. I don't know if it took anything out for either of you. With that, um, it, for me it didn't, but I'd like to know whose idea that was. Yeah, that's kind is, of. Is that Carpenter's? Was that Carpenter's idea and his original intention that they weren't brother and sister, and it was something that was changed in the other sequels, or was this just Bloomhouse trying to distance themselves from the other sequels, mm-hmm. or just the choice that uh, David Gordon Green made? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I loved that they weren't brother and sister. You know, like I think that just was kind of dumb for me, um, just watching the films because you have that like supernatural element, especially. And I know you, you haven't seen it, Amanda, but like in the, um, in the Rob Zombie ones, it's like some kind of like supernatural, like almost kind of like how we have with Ray and Kylo and their Force time. It's kind of mm-hmm. how they have it for those two characters, and I do not like that at all. So I'm glad that they're just kind of separate people, separate lives that just, on one fateful night, 
um, their their lives forever change after seeing each other and, and, and all that, you know? Yep. Very true. So, yeah, I mean, I know people that listen already know the story, but I'll break down a little bit. But, yeah, it's been 40 years since Laurie Strode survived an attack from Michael Myers on Halloween night. And he's been locked up in an institution because apparently, you know, that's the one movie, the first one. He doesn't die. He doesn't die in any of them. Um, <laughs> but he manages to escape because a podcast group. Shame on you guys. Give us a better <laughs> name, please. Um, want to like transfer him and get clout and all that stuff. But, you know, it's a day before Halloween. This bus tra- transfer happens and there's a wreck that we don't technically see in the movie. And now he's on the loose and out to do his old shenanigans again and comes down face to face with Lori and her child and her grandchild. So kind of it focuses on these like three women in the film. And yeah, of course I was excited to see Jamie Lee Curtis back because I'm just kind of a fan of hers anyway. And I love the original movie. So um, how do you guys feel about um, the way they brought her character back as this person who has um, obviously gone through some PTSD, lost her child through uh, um, protective services and all that? What was your take on that? Well, she became Lori Connors or, you know, Sarah Strode, whichever <laughs> you want to call her. Like when she's shooting and stuff, I was like, goodness. It's cool, but I mean, it's been done before. So like, I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe I'm being a little too hard on her, but like, I just, I didn't think it really fit her as well as it did with Sarah Connors. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess if, you know, you've had 40 years to really get ready, I mean, that's the, the product that, that comes. But I was just like, man, I just, I don't like it. I didn't really enjoy it that aspect but i mean some of her booby traps were pretty cool you know and later on when she shoots uh michael myers's fingers off i was like yeah that's badass so you know it's a double-edged mm-hmm. sword for me yeah the booby trap house was kind of kick-ass but yeah sean what did you think about um her character coming back the way they brought her back i liked it um like Quentin said, I think it was a little too much. I think they really tried to make her. Okay. I, I like that. She's a strong character, female character. And I like that her daughter and her granddaughter were both strong female characters. But like Quentin said, I just felt like it was a little too much, even though we are ignoring the other films, like seeing H2O and that she grew up, she she lived through it and she was perfectly fine and nothing happened. It's kind of hard to put that out of your mind. Like, okay, yeah, it's a different timeline, but like the fact that she just was completely destroyed. And I mean, like, I can't say anything. I've never lived something through something so traumatic. I don't think most people have lived through something so traumatic as what's portrayed in a movie. But I mean, I haven't even lived through traumatic events that other people have lived through, but, it literally ruined her life. Mm-hmm. And the way they portrayed is her life was so ruined by it. But at some point she must've had a normal life because she had a kid. 
Mm-hmm. So she she had to have had a normal relationship. Like what happened between the time that she had that normal relationship and had her daughter and then she reverted back to the person that she is in this movie. Yeah. Like I, I would just like a little bit more backstory explaining like, OK, how did she go from being a normal teenager to kind of losing it? Then I guess getting it back together and then kind of losing it again and becoming this like like. Quentin said Sarah Connor-esque character and it just felt like it was a little too much like without any backstory to it like I get okay it's 40 years and she's been living out in the woods but like what happened that she went from being a normal person to like I could see if it was like 10 years or 15 years and she doesn't have she doesn't have her daughter but like it almost to me, it almost seemed like a little like she was fine. And then she had like an, another mental break and like, well, what caused her to have this sen- second mental break that led to her daughter being taken away by child services? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of what uh, part of my head. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Like in the end, I kind of wished I had a little bit more of Jamie Lee Curtis. And I think it's because I wanted it maybe, some fill in spots, like give me a few flashbacks or something, but you know, exactly. In, in, yeah. In most movies, depending on what it is, I like, you know, telling and not always showing because some films can give you like an overabundance of flashbacks where you're like, okay, that was ridiculous, but where they try to over explain everything. But here in my head where I'm kind of like, um, okay. So at some point she, lost custody of her child, and then you hear the daughter, uh, played by Judy Greer, which I love her. Have you guys ever watched Jawbreakers? No. No, I have not. <laughs> it's a great uh, bubblegum horror. Her, Rose McGowan. It's fun. Anyway. Um, oh, Jawbreaker. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, I have seen Jawbreaker. I, yeah. I, I, it sounded like, sound like you said something different. And then when you said Rose McGowan, it kind of clicked in my head. Yes, where they, mm-hmm. they stuffed the Jawbreaker in their friend's mouth. <laughs> yes. I've seen the movie. Yep, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. It's fantastic. Anyway, um, that's how I was introduced to her. So I loved her in that. So like when I see her pop up in different things, I'm like, ooh, ooh, what's Judy Greer going to do? So hearing that she was in this, I'm like, oh, I'm kind of intrigued. But there's like a scene where she's talking to her daughter where she's like, like, my mom has been like obsessed with this, couldn't let it go. And she's like, I have had to uncondition myself from the way she has conditioned me about this killer that she can't let go of, like mentally. And is like obviously two different types of trauma and stuff like that. So I kind of liked how they touched on kind of like PTSD and trauma and like, you know, going through therapy and trying to reanalyze stuff. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, Lori, like it's been 40 years and, and it just so happens that this person gets to break out of, quote unquote, his, uh, his prison and she comes back into contact with him. But what are the literal odds of that? Like logistically that, yeah. that part of it kind of like, I try not to overthink when I watch horror movies like this and stuff like that, but 
I'm like, but she's still like almost like doomsday prepping to like prepare for, I mean, like remember when the Mayan calendar was supposed to end in 2012 and people were making all sorts of bizarre choices. Yes. I remember that. And it's kind of like, that is the same feeling except yeah, it's 2021 now. So we've moved past that. So I'm looking at this character kind of in that same mindset, if that makes sense. But she actually gets what she's been prepping for and it happens. But everybody's looking at her like she's just done lost it. And if these podcasters wouldn't have been so interested, then would she still be prepping at her home in the woods? Well, what I don't get is if you're that traumatically, if it was that traumatic of an event, why didn't you leave Haddonfield? Like, why did you stay in the town? I would have left. Yeah, I'd have been like, I need to know where he is so I can be on the other side of the planet. As far as possible, exactly. (laughs) And that's what I didn't get. Like, they they act, they make it out to this big thing that she was so, it was so traumatizing and everything for her. But why stay in a town? Then why stay in the town where it happened and live the rest of your life there? And I agree. Like, they, I don't need visual flashbacks but at least like you know when she's when she comes to dinner you know oh mom like you know with dad this happened with dad and blah 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 or even the mom talking to the daughter like it doesn't have to be between laurie and and judy greer it could have been to judy greer and her cat her daughter like well what happened oh well you know this happened when i was a teenager and this happened when you know when i was 20 and this happened when i was pregnant with you and it could have been like a 15 minute scene that gave us a little bit more backstory to fill us in on the last 40 years and we would have known what happened but they didn't give us that Mm-hmm. yep and that's just like like i said with horror movies i try not to get lost into it but i feel like horror movies today have evolved to the slash just the basic slashes we used to get back in like the 70s and 80s to where horror movies now have layers to it and different aspects that i kind of wanted a little bit more from this film but Quentin, how about you? Well, it, I've left. I left my hometown for lesser reasons, you know. So like, I'm totally with you guys in terms of just like, yeah, she shouldn't she shouldn't be there anymore. And so when she is, and I will say, I like the element of like. This is all kind of coming back because of a podcast. I mean, think about it. Serial is so popular. Um, you mm-hmm. have all these murder mystery podcasts. So, like, obviously, this would be, um, you know, gold for them. But I think it was interesting because they're getting these interviews from from uh, from Lori, and it is resurfacing these feelings and stuff. But like, it's still it's kind of like a catch up for us. So. That's one thing I really enjoyed about having those two characters. But then they immediately, you know, they die in like the next 10 minutes. So I know I thought the podcasters are going to be there for a minute, but right. It's it's like we shift, you know, we shift from the podcasters to Lori's family and then we stay on the family for a while and, and all that. And then uh, just with like the three generation girls. So mm-hmm. I, I did like the fact that they included a modern touch to bridge the gap between the 1978 Michael to the 2018 Michael. 
with it being they're interviewing him for a podcast and it kind of bridges the gap. And also the scene when he comes into the bathroom and drops the that guy's teeth over the oh, stall. Oh gosh, it was um, terrifying. That Ooh. was so good. Like in the theater, I remember watching that scene, and I remember hearing the teeth hit the floor, and you literally can hear. I think the only other time I've ever <laughs> the only other time I've ever been in the theater that that was that quiet is when I saw a Quiet Place, and you can hear them <laughs> teeth like, and you can hear them teeth like tink. Ting, 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 ting. And she looks down and it's the teeth. And that's when you realize. And I do know now I know, Amanda, you've never seen a Rob Zombie movies. Quentin, you can't tell me that didn't give you the same feel as the big Joe Grizzly scene in the Rob Zombie movie. Oh, easily. That's exactly what my mind is in the stall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the Rob Zombie movie, there's a scene where Michael shows up and he attacks Ken Forty. I think it's Ken Fourier is actually the actor. And he's on the ba- he's on the toilet using the bathroom and Michael comes up and knocks on the door and he's like, Occupied and then knocks on the door again. And then he actually opens the door and Michael's standing there and like he pulls out a knife and he's like, I'm big Joe Grizzly, bitch. And then he literally like kills him in the bathroom stall. So like when that scene happened, that was the first thing I thought of was like the Rob Zombie movie and that scene. When you see the movie, Amanda, you'll get it and you'll you'll, oh, you'll yeah. probably you'll probably revert back to this scene with her with the teeth and you'll be like, oh okay. But to me, it was the opposite, and I'm sure mm-hmm. Quentin feels the same way. Yeah, I mean, you got to realize Rob Zombie he he bathes in ridiculousness. So yeah, my mind went straight to that. And I'm sure there's lots of bits in this movie, even though I know this film was quote unquote retconning everything after the first film, but just like the bit of just, I know there's just like little bits and pieces that I kind of remember in flashbacks from some of the other films that I felt like were mirrored in this film for sure. So it doesn't surprise me that there would be something mirrored from the Rob Zombie one as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I do want to mention, okay, so we have, uh, Allison's two friends, right? That she walks with at the beginning of the film. And I mean, we get two great kind of retcons right there with, is it really her sister? No, that was just something like people made up. And I love that line. But then my next favorite is, I mean, our world's kind of fucked up now. I mean, what is the, what's the big deal about like four murders or whatever? Like, that's true though. I mean, it's, it's seen, I mean, I hate to say it, it's, it's tame for what we've been through now, you know? So like, why is this such a horrible thing? But in the same light, I mean, this is a small town, I, I believe. Um, so I mean, think about that. I mean, like any small town around you that has like that, that murder spree, it's, it's gotta be big news, but I think it's just the audience being, I mean, it's trying to, it's the movie telling the audience like, Hey, we're aware that like, in 78, this was crazy, and now it's kind of like, okay, but stick with us, because it's about to get crazy. You know, like, did you guys get that feel? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely did. I agree, I agree with you 100%. And I did like the fact that you did have the three friends, like, you touched back to the original, but they didn't the, – the, um, I can't remember his name, her guy friend. Oh, I can't I think Vicky, of him either. Vicky's the, I know Vicky's the girlfriend. Um, he's blowing up the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another 
movie, another horror Halloween movie, Trick or Treat, like that's very <laughs> like that's very sacrilegious to destroy the pumpkins. Oh, right. And okay. I, and I thought that was very like if you see if you see Trick or Treat, like anything against Halloween is like very sacrilegious on the day of the ho- day of Halloween. But in the original, you remember Lori's carrying the pumpkin, and I thought that was another throwback to like to distance themselves from the original. Like, yeah, she's carrying the pumpkin. And in this one, we're just going to blow it up with a, with a M 80 or a firecracker. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. I remember this. I, I, it's crazy movies. that you brought that up because I was literally just telling my wife today. I was like, you know, I, I still need to see that trick or treat movie. I, I haven't seen it. That's if you guys do that. Oh my God. That movie's so good. Like <laughs> I'll, I used so good. I used to meld that one when I was a kid. I melded that one into the Halloween movies. So no, 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 no. Trick, trick or Treat just came trick, The one I'm talking about just came out in like 2008, oh. I think. Oh. You're okay, talking so about Trick or Treat. Yes. There's Trick or Treat, and then there's Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat is the one with uh, Anna Paquin. Oh, and, okay. Um, like the, it looks like a, a knockoff Little Big Planet character. Yeah, Sam, Sam, he's Sam Haynes. He's actually Sam. But it's, it's actually four movies that all take place on Halloween. It's four mini movies that all take place on Halloween that all take place on the same street. And then they all tie together at some point. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Nope, I watched that. But no, when I was little trick or treat, trick or treat, I would meld into the Halloween movies. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that one. I yeah, that one came out in the eighties, I believe. But mm-hmm. trick or treat. But um, the thing I was, the, what I was saying, like Quentin was talking about, like throwbacks to the old films, is we have Lori carrying the pumpkin, and then they're blowing up a pumpkin. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's got that that symmetry and also like the the contrast of just like this is how this day and age is is kind of carrying on a legacy of Halloween in a different way, you know? Mm-hmm. 100%. But, yeah. Um, I hated Cameron. About... Sorry. I, I just wanted to... I hate Cameron, the boyfriend. Cameron. Thank you. That's his name. No, wasn't her... Yeah, her boyfriend is Cameron. But what yeah. is... What is his name? Oh, my God. It's going to kill me now. Dylan gonna ever... Arnold? No, Dylan is Vicky's Miles boyfriend. Robin? Yeah, but I think... I think that's the actor. I think you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Michael sees Aaron and Dana visit his. I don't know. I oh Aaron and Dana are the are the podcasters. Mm-hmm. But there's the babysitter couple, and then there's like the Oscar. kid that his name is yeah Oscar. that's the kid that tries to kiss her, and she's just like nah. Yeah. Away. Oh, Dave, and I'm pretty Dave sure is Vicky's boyfriend. Yeah, Oscar is. I'm pretty sure Oscar's the one who's walking with him that blows up the pumpkin. No, yeah. that was. I thought that was Dave. Because Oscar, oh, we meet. Yeah, yeah, Oscar, right, we meet Oscar doesn't show Cameron, up until yeah. they're at the. He doesn't show up until they're at the locker, and then like kisses what's his name on the fore her her boyfriend on the forehead. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oscar. Oscar was the weirder looking kid and stupid. I hate that character. I I hate like. Funny, comedic slash stupid characters in horror films. I mean, I understand everybody's got to have one, but like, it's to the point where like, 
we we are having these films with teenagers, right? But people don't know how to write dialogue for teenagers. Adults can't write dialogue for teenagers. It just sounds stupid. Not today's teenagers. No. And I get it because they're all crazy, you know, but like <laughs> you, you can't. Yeah, there's no possible way to like get that through unless you have like a teenager, teenage linguistic, you know, with you. But I don't know. That was just one thing I wanted to mention because some of these lines are just so stupid. And Oscar has the bulk of them. That's all I wanted to say. Sorry. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> yep. And then I wanted Oscar to be dead, like, right away after being an idiot and trying to trying to kiss Allison, where it's just like, mm. Oh, you yeah. get your wish pretty quickly then. Yeah, but it still takes a yeah. minute. <laughs> right. Not as fast as a lot scenes. of the other kills. Right. <laughs> no, because doesn't he dies before Vicky, if I'm not mistaken. No, I think Vicky dies because she's she's babysitting. The kid. Yeah, she's babysitting the funniest character. Yeah, um, Julian. Julian, like I love <laughs> you got me clipping my nasty ass toenails. I love that line. <laughs> that is just so he has funny. some of the best lines in the movie. Yeah, um, I'm yeah, gonna go get help. He is the best lines in. The movie. <laughs> I met him too, by the way. Really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. The year I met James Jude Court. So the first time I met James Jude Courtney was March of no August of twenty nineteen. August of twenty August of twenty eighteen, right before everything shut down. Because that was the last convention. Because they canceled the one in March and then they canceled the, no, August of twenty nineteen, because everything shut down in March of twenty twenty. Yeah, right. August of twenty nineteen I met him and James Jude Courtney. They were at the same convention. And it's so funny because like he he's such a quiet kid in in real life that he's nothing like his character. Oh, well, that's so then. cute. Aw. Ah. But yeah, I'm um, talking about kind of the earlier talks about this is like way more gruesome than some of the Halloween movies. What did you guys think about the kills? The they killed kids. Yeah, the varying ages. That, yeah, that, that what's your opinion? How do you feel? Smackdown, uh, with the the dancer kid, right? Like I I thought at first maybe he was just knocked out, but do you think he got killed? That's he, tough. I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, because you never, especially in this movie, you they made sure to go out of their way to make sure you knew these people were dead. Mm-hmm. Like that, like the older <laughs> yeah. lady with the ha- like the older lady with the hammer, right? And mm-hmm. She's closing her blinds, and he just beats her to death. Oh my god! Like, or when he grabs that like, that woman and like stabs her through the neck, I'm just like, yes. damn. Oh, and then oh, I love I love when he stomps on that doctor's like head. I'm just sitting there like, damn, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. Like, what did you guys think about? Oh, gosh. Yeah, what did you guys think about the whole bit with the doctor? Okay, I like, know that he Like, did the doctor is... arrange the bus wreck, do you think? That I don't know, and that'd be insane. But, like, he was just kind of like a, a generic um, Loomis, right? I mean, we all kind of thought that, right? 
for a while. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, exactly. And then he just goes insane. Like he becomes crazier than Loomis, which you know is kind of impossible. But uh, and like he stabs that officer, and yeah, I could totally see it. Like it's a social experiment, Amanda. Like he wanted to see what he would do if he returned to Haddonfield. Yeah, I kind of got that vibe, but I was like, eh, it's not fully fleshed out, but I kind of feel it. I hope not, because what a dick. I mean, yeah, he gets his face smashed in, so he gets his due diligence, but, like, that would be horrible. <laughs> well, I to touch on what you said, you're like, he's crazier than Loomis. I think Loomis was crazy for a reason, though, because he... he he had been with Michael for 20 years and he really knew what Michael was. And he was crazy for trying to keep him off the streets. If this guy really arranged this whole thing to let him loose just to see what he would do, then he's beyond crazy Loomis. He's like, I don't even know. I'd have, I'd have to search my mind to think of a doc. He's like, he's like crazy on the level of like, the, the Leatherface family, or the Firefly, the Fire Firefly family from House of a Thousand Corpses, crazy. Like, right? That's just a whole other level. But, yeah, but maybe there was that like weird obsession because you always hear about you know people contacting like serial killers in prison and stuff like that. That maybe something tripped a wire in his mind to kind oh. of have that ob- weird obsession or something. Oh, I agree. I'm just saying, if he really went through the trouble to to arrange the the bus the bus crash and everything, like he's long past Loomis crazy. He's in mm-hmm. he's in the range of like like they're on the same team. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I want to kill people with you, or I'll take the photos. <laughs> but yeah, well, the, that's kind of like something that rolled around in my mind because we don't actually see the bus crash or like what actually happens or what goes into it because then you have like the, the father and son that kind of come upon it. And then you see like the news footage later where like this crash happened and these people are loose. Like, well, isn't that convenient happening right before Halloween night? Hmm. Can we talk about that? This is the second time that he's been in an accident that let him loose. Yeah, I immediately thought that, too. I'm like, oh, well, is that lazy or just a trope now, you know? Not even just that. Like, they need to hire brother, They need to hire better bus drivers to, to drive around insane patients. Like, this is getting out of hand. <laughs> or more security. I mean, shit. Better Something. bus? All of the above? Right. Yeah, all of the above. It looked like uh, Paul Walker's crew came in there, you know. Remember at the uh, the start of what is it, Fast Six or Fast Five, when they're hauling? Uh, yeah, when they break him off? out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they haul. They break Dom out of the bus. <laughs> that's and so good. Miraculously, nobody dies. But that's another. That's another story. Sorry. No, it's all good. It's all good. Well, but yeah, thought... did you guys? Oh, go for it. I thought those, like, I thought that kid was going to be his first kid that he had ever killed. Like, the way they were setting it up in the scene, I'm like, oh, this kid's going to bite the dust. Yeah, I was definitely worried, but, I mean, I guess all bets are off in this film. So, and like you said, Amanda, of all ages. Mm-hmm. All ages. 
Did you guys have any good scenes or favorite scenes in this or stuff that brought you back to some of the old films? I mean, like I said, they definitely have the scene where the kids are trick-or-treating and you get the Halloween 3 masks. That was definitely a, a callback to Halloween 3, which not a lot of people like and I'm a fan of. Um, the scene when she tells the, the little kid she's going to babysit that he, she's going to call over one of his friends for like a movie night was definitely a throwback to the Tommy Doyle scene when he comes over. Yeah. I know exactly. Yeah, Speak, I, I remember that. Speaking of, I think, from what I understand, he's actually supposed to be in Halloween Kills. Really? Oh, really? Yeah, they're supposed to be bringing back his character. I believe I read on somewhere online they were going to be bringing his character back. Interesting. Which would be interesting. Which would be interesting because they brought him back in... What, uh, Paul Rudd played him in five, I think it was. It was six. Was it six? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was confused. Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah, right. It is. He is. They are bringing him back. That's what I thought. Yeah. And Julian's coming back. Looks like we might have some flashbacks too because we have three different people playing Michael Myers. Ooh, okay. God, I hope I just hope it's a little better than how they did in Halloween the remake with Rob Zombie because that one's just like it focused way too much on Michael. You know, like it it the the it, whole the whole film was just kind of like through the point of view of only Michael. You know, it they tried to human humanize him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need to do that with Michael Myers. No, it's just kind of like uh, Jason. Right. These we don't, just we don't need slasher it. movies. We don't need. We don't need. We need. Okay, a tiny bit of background's fine, but we don't need to humanize them. <laughs> what about you, Amanda? What what's a what's a scene that really comes to your mind when you think of this film? Oh, um, for me, I mean, it just really comes down to the the end with the house because I was just really curious to see. Because um, Lori's character was so extreme and she was like totally convinced that this interaction was going to happen someday. And just kind of seeing how she had the whole house set up and all the booby traps and what all she went into. And I thought a lot of it was pretty genius. And yeah, uh, I, I definitely yeah. agree yeah. with that. Mm -hmm. I did like that she did. Got, she does get her validation in the end that mm -hmm. she did do all this for 40 years and it finally did happen. And I agree the scene, like when she's talking to her granddaughter and she's like, this isn't a house, it's a prison. And you really get to see what, like what kind of work she actually put into building this house slash prison right. air quotes. I love when Michael Myers throws her off the balcony and like, then he looks, he looks over and then looks back and she's gone. So she, she pulled a Michael Myers on him. I love that bit. But I you know. know, I mean, as soon as that scene started happening, I was just like, she's going to be gone. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just a great, great little sound. I was like, Ooh, look at you go. And again, another throwback that we get to the original film. Exactly. Mm -hmm. 
And of course, uh, I mean, I guess you could go to the closet bit where she thinks that he's in the closet where, you know, in the original where she was hiding. And he's not there. Yeah, he's by the uh, mannequins, right? Or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Which, of course, he yeah. was, because I saw him in the shot, and I was like, he's in the mannequins. I did like that they didn't do a lot of the tropes of, like, the 80s slash. They ignored a lot of the tropes of the 80s slashers, like, the vir- you have to be a virgin to live, or mm-hmm. you you can't do drugs and you can't drink. Because if you remember, the, the granddaughter was drinking at the school part at the high school party with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. That is very true. I'm kind of glad we've gotten past some of those tropes because that was definitely a thing from the 70s and early 80s. <laughs> uh, it was definitely the 80s with Friday the 13th and mm-hmm. Nightmare on Elm Street. Not to knock your series, Quentin. Oh, you're fine. I'll, I'll forgive you this time. <laughs> Which series? Nightmare on Elm Street? Oh, that's my Quentin's, favorite series. Man. Yeah, he's a huge Nightmare on Elm Street fan. Oh, that's funny. I have not watched all of those. So I'm pretty sure those movies uh, screwed up my sleeping pattern as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, yeah, but I'm really glad that we didn't have any over-the-top uh, officers or characters such in that because uh, we had, you know, we had some stupid officers in the past films where they don't take this seriously, but like, it seems like the police chief, especially, um, who was it? Hawkins is, mm-hmm. takes this very serious. And I think that's yeah. a good change from what we've had in the past. You know, I mean, just take nightmare on Elm street, for example, the, the police chief just said, man, this is nothing. You need to calm down, you know? And I'm just glad that this was, already just like okay we know who this is and we have to be ready for him well it's it's a 180 from the original the original Halloween with the sheriff and Loomis coming to town and trying to tell him like look this is happening and the sheriff's like yeah 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 whatever we're not we're not being bothered with it sheriff Beckett like sheriff Beckett did not want to hear it at all and you know like this is a complete 180 from who sheriff Beckett was like Hawkins is like he immediately goes into like lockdown. Like, okay, this is serious. We need to we need to stop this. We need to stop what we're doing. And I agree with you. I I like that they took it. Like Amanda said, it's a more realistic turn for horror movies in recent years that we get a more. It's not as tropey and everything as the campy eighties movies were, and. I, I think a lot of that, a lot of that goes to to Scream. Like Scream was the was the one that really changed all that, in my opinion. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they did switch up the formula. Um, and I do want to mention and they were the first movie. No, go ahead. And they were the and they were the first movie to make fun of the the rules. Yes, right. they were outright to your face. <laughs> oh gosh, I need to go back and watch those revisit them well we have scream 5 coming out at some point yeah so mm-hmm. scream 5 comes out next year so keep that in mind amanda hey there no, we go real. just met them a few weeks ago too who uh stewing stewing uh matthew lillard and um ski or wow Damn, dude, that's awesome where was that 
Uh, Monster Mania, where I met Chris Durand. Okay. That's awesome, yeah. dude. Yeah, I thought about going to the Crypticon up here in Kansas City, but I've I've heard that one's really good. It's it's actually amazing. They uh I just couldn't make it this year. Well, my other things my, happening. My reason for going was I needed to meet Matthew Lillard because I got um I ordered from England this girl makes the Black Zodiac book from Thirteen oh, nice. Ghosts. So oh. I had him, so I had him sign that. And then I met Richard Brake, who was most oh. well-known as the Night King. Yeah, in, I love Richard Brake, dude. Game of Thrones. But I met him because he was um, the brother in Three from Hell. So I actually have a picture on my Facebook with me, Richard Brake, and Bill Mosley together. I saw they're that. They're the actually. two brothers. Yeah, I remember seeing that, dude. It was pretty pretty cool. I, I, I think I uh, commented on it or liked it because... That Richard Brake is just amazing. I think you had your middle fingers up and everything with them, right? Yeah. Oh, yep. dude. Three, all that. three of us. That's awesome. That is awesome. I mean, I just watched 13 Ghosts again just a few weeks ago. I've yet and to see that. That movie's <laughs> so, it's so underrated. It is very underrated. It's good. Uh, but, yeah. Any final thoughts for either of you fellas? I do want to mention before we leave, Mm -hmm. one of the coolest, coolest things and totally, you know, like, how did he have the time to do it? But the police, the police officer who had his face carved like a jack-o'-lantern and then lit up, that was pretty sick. Yes. Yeah, the gore of this was definitely on a different level and it was fun. And they're saying that the kills in the new one are going to be are going to top even this one. So I'd like to. I mean, just the trailer alone when he's when you it looks like he's going to cut that fireman in half with that that saw. It's just I can't wait to see. Like, <laughs> oh right, right, yeah, just from the trailers. I've heard a lot of a lot of like uh, bad feedback in terms of like, well, all he does is kill people in it, and I'm just like the in the it's a slasher film? like. Have you not seen the other Halloween movies? Right. It's like, do you not know who Michael Myers is? Hmm. Yeah, exactly. Not to be confused confused with the other Michael Myers? Exactly. Yeah, baby. Nobody (laughs) nobody married married an ex-murderer in this movie. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, other than that, I don't have anything else that uh, needs to be said. Except fuck camera. Um. But did you guys hear that uh, David Gordon Green, after this trilogy, he's attempting to uh, do an Exorcist trilogy? Is that who's going to be in charge? I didn't know that. From what I've read so far. Well, he's, from what I understand, he's not attached to the remake that's coming out. Okay. That's the one that I saw. No, from what I understand, what Amanda's talking about, he's doing like a sequel, like the same thing he did with Halloween. He's going to do like a sequel trilogy to the original that ignores, that retcons the the other, well, now I think it's other four movies that are in that mm-hmm. series. Right. Because it's, it's Exorcist, Exorcist 2, Exorcist 3, Dominion, and then I can't remember the other prequel because it's like the prequel, then there's the sequel to the prequel, then there's Exorcist, Exorcist Two, and Exorcist Three. I I'd be interested in that because you got to look at it in the like appeal of 
teenagers now or young adults who didn't grow up with those films. And like, but they scared your parents, you know? So you want to watch that original and then just throw in some new blood, you know, and kind of like what they did with this. I would be amazed if they kind of took the same route for Nightmare on Elm Street, you know? You bring back uh, Nancy just for the first one. You, we don't need Heather Langenkamp and anything else. Uh, just maybe that that first like of the three trilogy, and then carry on from there. But I would totally be down for that just to see what they could do with Freddy. But it's just getting either Robert England or somebody that's just as fun as Robert England because Jackie Earl, what, what's his name? Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah, he was fine, but he was he, he just didn't have the same gravitas as uh, I, I think uh, my pro see I think he got a lot of I think he got a lot of bad writing along the same lines as Jared Leto's Joker. I think he got stuck like I mean not defending Jared Leto's Joker, but I think he got stuck on a bad script and never really got a fair shake. I th- I would like to see what he does with the character, maybe give him one more shot, but I agree, like, it would be cool to see that. Mm-hmm. As far as The Exorcist, I mean, obviously, you know I'm down for that. I have Reagan tattooed on my leg. So. Right, yeah, I know. I'm, like, that's that's another reason. I'm ex- more excited for you to see it than I am, you know? So. Sorry, we're on a tangent there, but, it, you know, <laughs> Sean and I can talk about horror for days, so. It's all Amanda's fault. She's the one that brought it up. That's so. true. Yeah, that's, yeah true. that's my fault. <laughs> I'm just curious. Um, but yeah, are you ready to rate this thing? Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, Quentin, we'll start with you. Yeah, okay. So out of three reels, let's see. The Halloween, not reboot, but sequel to the original. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm going to stick with the 2.3. Out of three, because this can only get better, I feel, um, because you have these characters that you've established and you you kind of get the premise of where we're at now. And we had some amazing kills and the writing, like I said, it wasn't horrible, a little cheesy here and there, but just teenagers talking to each other. It's just not what you what teenagers sound like, you know, um, being a school teacher, I, I hear the ins and outs of of teenagers talking and it's nothing like this. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. There's not enough TikTok dancing, I guess, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes and especially for the end of the trilogy. Um, and I know we'll discuss Halloween kills, you know, in, uh, in more detail when it comes up. But as for this, I, I was pretty, pretty happy with what we got. I I'm, I'm, it leaves me excited for what's to come. Nice, nice. All right, Sean, how about you? So the kills I have are three. It was Cameron and the dialogue that drops it for me. I just can't stand his character on a whole nother level of hating characters to the point of, like, like the the guy in the wheelchair in the Texas Chainsaw episode that me and Quentin did when we originally started this podcast. I liked what they did with Michael Myers. Again, like I said, I'd like a little bit more backstory to what happened to Jamie Lee Curtis, or I'm sorry, Laurie Strode. Um, 
I liked her. I liked Jay, Judy Greer as her daughter. I liked the girl that played Allison, which is Judy Greer's daughter. I'm going to go with Quentin and say 2.3, maybe 2.4. Um, I think if they had limited Quentin, Cam- Quentin, sorry. If they had limited Cameron's <laughs> dialogue, I don't mean to, I don't mean to offend you, Quentin. No. <laughs> if they had limited Cameron's dialogue in the film, it would have been better for me. I do, I am excited to see where they go with it. Like I said, Halloween Kills, they're going to have to do something big, big, big at the end of this movie because you've already told us that there's going to be a third film. So for me, you're going to have to do something huge to top this movie as a direct sequel to the first one. I really enjoyed it. I, like I said, it left me with a few questions to the lines of where Lori, why Lori was still in Haddonfield, but I'm going to go with 2.4. I think I liked it a little bit better than Quentin did, but like I said, there were things that drug it down for me on the same, on the other side of the coin. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same bubbles, you guys. I'm giving it a 2.2. Um, Cameron didn't bother me as much as you guys. I think I just kind of toned him out. Maybe that's just my female um, radar that right. just blocked some move. of that. <laughs> advantage, advantage, of, advantage right? of working in a hair salon. <laughs> right. Exactly. She's just like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Wanted more, a little bit more backstory between Lori and, um, yeah, I'd like to see more out of Allison because I felt like she, she was in this, but she didn't shine. I feel like, you know, Jamie and Judy were the two that showed mostly in this. So I'm excited to see what Andy has to bring out for her character. Um, but yeah, had a good time with it. I love the way that they kind of modernized it and amped up the gore a little bit because Michael Myers is just a killer. Like there's no, he's like a robot. Like he could be, yeah, he's just like a robot killing machine, but he just happens to be human and modern day slasher. So I enjoyed it. One of the lines that really bugs me in this new trailer we got for Halloween kills, the more he kills, the more he transcends. I'm like, what? You know, I really uh, don't need them to bring this into supernatural territory again. That's where a lot of slashers, like, mess up is you start bringing in all this, like, unnecessary, like, shit in terms of, like, Freddy Krueger, you know, was born of, a of like, his mother being raped, you know, like, from a thousand people and – or a thousand, like, maniacs and all that. And, you know, he was – he's – the opposite. So then he becomes a pedophile murderer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like, he's the evil, you know, (laughs) it's just so dumb because it just goes too far because they're trying to make it still interesting and not monotonous, but then they throw in all this stuff that just like waters it down. So don't make it mystical. No, I don't want to see him transcend. I just want to see him kill, keep his feet on the ground, you know? And if he runs, I'm going to lose my shit. (laughs) Like they did the freaking uh, uh, Jason Voorhees in. Jason? Yeah, in uh, the remake. The remake. He just starts running. I'm just like, whoa, that's not him. Or like throwing a. Or uh, uh, doing a bow and arrow. I was like, what? What the fuck? (laughs) This isn't Jason. (sighs) Anyway. 
But yeah, so I'm glad that we discussed this. Um, I'm really excited to see what we think of Halloween Kills. Sean, we'd love to have you back for that episode. Yeah, I'm def- I'd definitely be on for that. Okay. Um, the one line is the one line I love in this movie is when Julian is when Dave comes over and Julian's like, "Shut up, Dave! I heard him breathing. He's in the house." <laughs> <laughs> That, that line just cracks me up every time I watch this movie. And that little kid was hilarious. I hope yeah. he's. I hope they bring him back for the new one, even if it's just like in some capacity where he's like in the police station being interviewed about what happened to Vicky and Dave. Because based on the trailer, this literally picks up right where the last one ended, or right where this one ended. So right. I would be excited to see like if they bring his character back. Yeah, I I would like to see this just be all one night, the whole trilogy, you know? That'd be kind of cool, but yeah, know, we'll see what happens with that. So, well, and that would that would be fitting if the last since the last movie's called Halloween ends if the movie ends at like dawn the next day. Right. Yeah. Mhm. Look at that. That works. All right. Well, thank you, Sean. We were so happy to have you on and uh we hope you had a good time as well. Definitely. As always, I enjoyed myself. You guys are great. So glad you guys are able to keep the show alive. And I try to listen as much as possible when I can. Well, we appreciate you and we appreciate everybody who supports this show. Um, make sure to check out our other, our other franchise or franchises, our other genres that we've done. Um, we're gearing up guys. We're gearing up for, uh, I guess by the time you hear this, we will already have released our uh, first or so episode of our Spider-Man Retro Reel, so please make sure to check that out. We are extremely excited to have that going on. That'll keep us going all the way till uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. But other than that, I'm going to kind of keep it short there. Oh, just to let you guys know, be on the lookout. We are going to be starting a website soon. So that uh, you guys can get all of the real Zodiac all in one spot. If you ever need to look at anything, want to see us, our beautiful faces. I know Amanda would. Um, you're, I mean, I know that it's going to be exciting to have a website just so like we can, instead of like saying, oh yeah, check out our show or whatever on Facebook. You know, we could say at the real Zodiac, you know, on a website, you know, we'll, we'll be just that more official. <laughs> come up with something catchy right <laughs> alright guys well we will we're gonna let you guys go here and this has been our Halloween 2018 review and we will be back for our second horror film uh, to come so as always keep it real and we'll see you later <laughs>